This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning into Americana Music Profiles. The next episode starts right now. You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Fiddle player and vocalist Glenn Harrell started playing music in high school in several bluegrass bands. In 2002, he got his professional bluegrass music start playing with Marty Rabin, former lead singer for the country supergroup Shenandoah. Glenn always had a vision for his own band, and in 2008, he created the now popular bluegrass band Volume 5 which has netted them multiple nominations and awards over the past nearly 15 years. Glenn joins us on this edition of Americana Music Profiles to talk about that journey. Hey, Glenn, thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. Oh, thanks for having me, y'all. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, good to talk to you. Uh, I understand you got a lot going on. You're you're at a festival, actually, as we speak. Is that right? Yeah, I'm up here in uh, Moorhead, Kentucky at the Poppy Mountain Bluegrass Festival. So it's... Uh, it's still a bit warm. I expected the weather to be a little bit cooler with it September the 16th, but it's still, I'm not sure how hot it is, but I'm that's close to 90 anyway. Yeah, I've been hearing temperatures even close to 100 down in Texas today. So uh, as we speak in the middle of September, that's still pretty warm. Yeah, that's real warm. <laughs> uh, so give me a little bit of background. Um, you started, if I understand correctly, kind of professionally with Marty Raybon. Is that right? Were you doing some things before that? Uh, I mean, I've, you know, I've sort of been in and out of it since I was, I guess, you know, I started playing fiddle when I was about 14. And then just, you know, played with like regional bands and things like that. But I guess probably my first professional act was, yeah. Marty Rabin and I worked about I don't know maybe six years six or seven years with Marty and at that time I had always I'd always wanted to put my own band together because you know when you're a fiddle player most of the time you end up playing fiddle you don't get to sing and I and I always loved to sing as much as I did play fiddle yeah you know? so I thought well all the way I can do that is I got to put my own band together <laughs> <laughs> and and so volume five was your uh, first pursuit uh, out of Marty Raven's band, is that correct? That's right. I put this band together in uh, February of 2008. And uh, so you guys have a, like a 15th uh, anniversary coming up here next year. Yeah, sure do. Wow, that's great. Man, it, it doesn't seem like 15 years. You know, I, me and some of the guys with the Grastles were talking, Danny Roberts, we were talking today, and I said, you know, man, I said, aren't we blessed and real fortunate? And I said, you know, I've spent Ever since I've been 14 years old, I've been out here playing bluegrass and gospel and country. And, and I said, I've made some really good fans 
fans and friends over the years. And I said, man, I, I just count it a blessing every day to yeah. get to do what we do. I just love it. Yeah. Is it picking back up for you guys? You know, I know it was rough there for a couple of years, you know, with the pandemic and stuff, but it seems like music is kind of back into swing. Yeah, I think it's trying to kick off again. It, you know, like you said, for about two years, two and a half years, I even had dates uh, back in January and February of this year, 22, uh, that canceled for like the third time in, wow. in a row, you know, for the year in a row. So, yeah, it's it's starting to pick back up and, and, and people are coming out. So, you know, I'm looking forward to that. All of us, you know, musicians. You know, I, I say this from the stage all the time. I say, you know, without you folks showing up, we don't have anybody to pick to. Right. You know, right. To. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you, are you seeing most of the festivals have been able to hang around? Did we lose some? I, I know that there were several regionally where I'm at in the Virginia area that, that um, were having a hard time coming back online. Yeah, I think we've lost a few festivals pretty much all over, you know, and and one thing that hurts, you know, a lot of these festivals that we've played for the last 15 years or 20 years were family-owned family, family owned festivals. And, you know, maybe the, the grandpa has passed away and the kids don't want to keep doing it or right. anything like that. So, yeah, we have lost some. But, you know, the good news is there's some new venues coming on, too, all the time. So, yeah, I yeah. think it'll be fun. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. So the, the name Volume 5, is there a, a significance to that? Why did you pick that? Well, whenever I formed the band, I just wanted to try to come up with something that might be kind of, you know, uh, memorable and not so forgettable. And I didn't want to do anything that ended in boys or grass or creek or mountain <laughs> yeah. or river right. or, you know, anything like that. So uh, I just wanted to find something unique and different. And to be honest with you, it's a really corny <laughs> story of how I came up with this. Uh, I was watching TV one night or something, this Bose uh, commercial had came on and it showed this Bose radio with like five speakers. And I thought, you know, I wonder how something like that, you know, five guys, you know, turn the volume up as loud as we can and let's just play our hearts out, mm, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, so that's cool. kind of how I came up with yeah. that. You know, okay. I knew we're going to be a five piece band. Right. As, as how much has the personnel changed from the beginning? It's kind of hard to keep a band together 10 years. It's, it's real hard to keep a band together because, you know, what's so bad about it is most musicians, you know, it's a struggle. I don't care what genre you play. It's always a struggle to maintain, you know, playing in a, in a committing to a band, to, to playing a band, you know, like you do. And then, you know, balance family life and sometimes balance the day job. And so, you know, things come up all the time with people. This guy may, maybe he switches jobs or or whatever, and he can't do it any, anymore. Yeah. Sometimes people just, you know, get tired and want to try something new. But uh, I've managed, you know, over the years, we've had some personnel changes, and I've had some guys that have, you know, actually quit and come back three years later and stayed for another four years. So yeah. it's just, yeah, it's just the story of music. It just happens. Yeah, you know, you you guys as a band, you know got some uh, recognition pretty early, some early nominations, and then ha have gone on to, to win a few. Is there, um, obviously, you know, every band that starts would like to be able to reach that level, but not everybody does. Did Was there a formula in mind when you started that, that put you guys in the position to be able to be recognized 
by the fans in the industry in the way that you have? Well, I guess I'm sort of old fashioned about things. You know, my whole goal when I put this band together is I wanted to, uh, you know, come up with, you know, our own unique sound. And, you know, I didn't want to do everybody else's cover songs. You know, we've done a few cover songs over the years, but more than anything, I wanted something fresh and original and something that, you know, does, I did I just didn't want to sound like everybody else. And, and that, that was pretty much my goal, you know, from the very beginning. And, you know, as far as the, the awards and things like that, I, I don't think a whole lot about it. I just, my first goal, uh, first and foremost, is just to try to record good music and let the music stand, you know. And I, I remember I watched an interview with Merle Haggard one time, and Merle Haggard said, you know, don't ever worry about tempos or keys that you do the songs in. Just record the songs. That That's all you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Even Ronnie Bowman told me that one time. He told me, he said, man, when you get to a certain level, he said, the only thing that really separates you are the songs. And he's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Do you do you guys write some or all of your own songs, or do you have people writing them for you, or both? Well, when we get ready, I mean, we write some of our own stuff. I've written, I don't know, two or three, and my my wife even wrote one with me on our gospel record. Oh, cool. Well, she actually did the writing. I just put the the melody to it but yeah we write a lot of our own material but you know usually we just reach out to uh the best songwriters we know to try to gather songs you know that's that's the way i try to do it how do you decide if a song that somebody has offered you is a fit for your band do you is it a collective process is it it's just kind of the sense that you know it fits what what is it what is the song how does a song how do you know a song fits well, to me, I've got a, you know, the, the thing that I've always used, and I tell all these writers, you know, when they pitch songs to me, and I say, you know, I'm I'm very, very picky about what we record. And, you know, my thing is it has to wow me from the start. Mm. If it doesn't, I probably, I'm probably not going to save it. I've got a folder I keep, you know, like songs to consider to record. Yeah, yeah. And I'll, I'll you know, I may have 100 songs in there, and out of those I may pick, you know, eight or six okay. or whatever. yeah. Are you guys on the road full time? Are you trying to? Is this a full time pursuit for you as a band? Uh, it's somewhat, I guess you might say. You know, we're we don't want to get out, you know, and be gone from home two hundred fifty days a year. But we, yeah. you know, we want to. We try to, you know, we try to stay out and hit the, hit all the the main festivals, the big festivals. But none of us really want to be gone, you know, two hundred fifty or three hundred days a year anymore. Yeah. So. So you all have some other things you dabble in on the side? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like Aaron Ramsey. You know, Aaron's a record producer and sound engineer. And yeah. Chris has, has a day job. And, you know, I have different things that I do. Me and my son, we own a, a dirt moving business. So, I, you know, we do that. And then when I'm gone, I play music and let him handle it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, so he hasn't taken up the craft with you musically? Uh, you know, when he was... When he was younger, he he messed around with guitar a little bit, but I think his first love came with heavy equipment. He he really loves that. Well, we need we need people in those kinds of jobs too. I tell you, it's um, it's it's tough out there finding finding the right amount of people to do kinds of jobs like that as it is. Yeah, to do anything anymore, it's hard to find anybody. So, how many albums have you guys put out as Volume Five? Oh gosh. Uh, 
I don't hold me to this, but I'm I'm thinking maybe ten something like that. Okay, so almost one a ten year. Ten or eleven. Yeah. And yeah. you have a new mm-hmm. one out or on the way? We do. We've got one that will be out uh, sometime later this fall. It's called uh, Karma. Oh, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Have you started releasing songs for that one yet? I have. We uh, we re- the first release we had was a song. Sort of the title cut of the record. It was uh, Ronnie Bowman sent this one to me. And said I, we wrote this song especially for Volume Five, and and it, I mean, it was exactly what I was looking for. So that was the first one we released, and it did pretty good. I think it had like seven weeks at number one. So I, we were pretty thrilled about that. Yeah. Uh, and then the second song we released is one that I wrote called "What I Didn't Say," sort of about my mom and dad. You know, oh man, growing up and being. Yeah. Uh, and then we just released a brand new a single from that record uh, here just a few weeks ago called "Losing My Religion." Okay, all right. That's uh, there, there's. Uh, I, I'm sure. So you, is this an original or is, or is that a cover? Because that's a that's an old no, uh, REM song. I think yeah, from back in the day. Yeah, it's, no, it's not that. It's an original tune written by Josh Miller. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, are you guys out now? Obviously, you're at a festival today. Will you be playing through the end of the year and then take a break? How far out does your current schedule take you? Uh, I mean, it just continues all the time, really. I mean, you know, it'll slow down a little bit in the wintertime in December and January, but then it just, you know, it pretty much picks up and just it's an ongoing thing all the time. What's what's on your bucket list as a band? Are Are there some things that you haven't been able to do with this band or that are on the horizon that you're looking forward to accomplishing that you, you haven't done that yet? I mean, of course there's always things you'd like to accomplish, but probably the, the biggest thing for me is, uh, you know, we just want to make sure that whatever we do, you know, one of these days, whenever we quit doing this or can't do it anymore, we can look back and say, you know, Hey, 25 years later, man, that was a good record. Yeah. So that's, that's the thing for us. It's about, it's about recording good records that, you know, hopefully will be a timeless, you know, sort of thing for us. Yeah. Is is it harder now to put a record together with the way people treat singles and, and the way people's music, uh, uh, attention seems to attention spans seem to be so short. Uh, I mean, it can be, but you know, like I said, I, I put so much effort into the, you know, finding the, the right songs for a record. Uh, you know, it's it's always an on, an ongoing battle to try to find enough of the really good songs because I, you know, my motto's always been I want every song on the record to be single worthy. Mm. You know, I don't want to, yeah. I don't, I don't put anything on the record. You know, oh, this is just something we'll fill it up so we've got eleven or twelve songs or whatever. It's every every song on the record has to has to make the cut. Yeah. Okay. And the new one you said was Karma, and that is that officially out yet or not quite? No, it's not out yet. Matter of fact, I just got a, uh, uh, the new record in, so I'm actually at the festival. I think I sold some last week out in Oklahoma. Okay. And we've got them with us this weekend, so folks can pick up a copy before they even hit radios. Okay, so they're unofficially out, just not out as far as the That's right. as far as the people in charge are concerned. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. And and how far ahead do you think with new music? Like, are you already thinking songs for the next project, or, or is that a little too fast? Oh no, no. I usually, I, 
by the time we get the first record, all the tracks cut, I'm already digging and looking for the next record. That's, I always try to keep everything ready because it takes me, they'll usually take me a year and a half to gather enough songs for another record. Oh, so wow. okay. I'm always, always looking. Yeah. Yeah. Always recording too, or do you collect enough to go to, to do the recording all at once? Normally we'll try to collect, you know, enough that we can go in and cut, you know, maybe eight, eight tracks and then, uh, you know, give that a little bit of time to sort of sit. And then sometimes we may end up calling one track and replacing it or, you know, we'll, we'll we try to go in and cut, you know, six to eight tracks first and then we'll, we'll go back and finish it up, you know, record the last four or five or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, are you guys going to be performing at uh, at the IBMA event here in a couple of weeks? I don't think we're going to be there this year. Uh, I think we had some other things that we were doing, or some of the guys had some things they were going to be doing. So we, I'm not sure if we'll get to make it up there or not this year. Uh, I'd like to, but it's just one of those things, you know. You when you're booking gigs, you never know when the gigs are coming in, and right. you just have to take them as they come in. You I know? understand, yeah. And, and I'm I'm assuming that your schedule is on the website. People can find it. How, it is. How can they find How can they find out where to find you guys? Uh, our website is volume5bg.com. It's, it's spelled just like the band, V-O-L-U-M-E-F-I-V-E, and then B-G is for bluegrass.com. Okay. And uh, your your records are there and on streaming services as well? That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you, Glenn. I, I appreciate you taking the time out of your, your festival schedule there to chat with us a little bit this afternoon and certainly wish you the best with the new record. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me on. It's it's always get to, good to get to come on and talk to folks and uh, maybe tell them something they didn't know before or whatever. I appreciate you taking the time and doing it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. And I, I hope we taught some people some things that they didn't know. So, <laughs> Well, I wish you well out there on the road, man, and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll cross paths here coming up. Yeah, same to you, man. I look forward to seeing you. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the Internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money... Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions, and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. 
Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.